Chapter 14, Sarah's Guardian For a tense moment, Nix thought Jordan would protest, but whether it was the dangerous slant in Sergeant Frost's posture, or the fact that Jordan was too exhausted to sass anyone, he handed the phone to Sarah and headed back through the house. You two all right? Sergeant Frost asked, his expression much less murderous. The girls nodded meekly and approached him. Jordan got kicked in the mouth, Nick said, hoping to inspire a little sympathy for him. He shouldn't have been here in the first place. That was my fault, sir, Nick said softly. I was the one who wanted to go. It's time that boy learned to do what he's told. He glanced at Sarah. I'm sorry about your dog. The Padilla boy said the intruder had a pillowcase on his head. Any ideas who it might have been? They shook their heads. Anything missing? Cash? Electronics? Nix was pretty sure Pillowhead wouldn't have survived the flying leap into the pool, holding a TV. But it had seemed as if there had been something under his arm. Or maybe he was just holding his elbow like that because he'd been injured? Hopefully it was serious. Nothing's missing, Sarah said. But he pretty much destroyed my room. Sounds like kids. No, the girls said together. We saw him, Sergeant Frost, Nick said. It was a man. Thankfully, Sarah didn't bring up the village witch or whatever it was. Sergeant Frost wiped a bead of sweat from his temple. You sure it couldn't have been an older teen? Maybe college age? Maybe, Nick said. He was kind of small for an adult. Sergeant Frost crossed his arms. I don't know too many adults spry enough to climb a house and jump from the roof. Nick remembered the soggy picture in her hand. I found this in the pool. Sarah took the photo. Hey, this is my bookmark. It looks like a picture, Nick said defensively. Somehow it seemed a lot less helpful for Nick to find a bookmark in the pool. Yeah, it's a picture of me and my mom. I use it to keep my place in. Oh no. Sarah raced past the officer and into the house. Nick stood awkwardly for a moment, trying not to look at Sergeant Frost. You must be tired, Nick. Why don't you go wait in the car with Jordan? Okay. As soon as I finish up with Sarah, I'll take you home, he said to her back. Your mother's already called twice. I'm surprised you'd sneak off again after what happened Thursday. Sergeant Frost's words stung Nix, unlike anything her mother could have said. Inside, an elderly officer took several pictures of Princess's mangled corpse. Crotty had the fridge open, as if he might find a clue in there. Nick stepped out onto the front porch. It's my diary! Sarah shouted from inside. That idiot stole my diary! Why would someone- Nix closed the door behind her. Why couldn't she breathe? The suffocating feeling that enveloped her had nothing to do with the humidity. It wasn't even the bugs that swarmed around her head next to the porch light. With sudden clarity, she realized what it was. Facing the prospect of returning to town, it was as if a spell had been broken. The veil that shrouded her mind lifted, and she realized what she'd done. She had gone to the party to save her friendship with Jordan, and somehow, that was the only thing she hadn't come close to doing. She had allowed herself to get distracted, caught up in the delusion she was fitting in, that people like Tiago and Sarah would actually want her as a friend. Maybe her alone time with Tiago had done some good. It forced her to admit he was way out of her league. His entire social group was literally too good for her. She was a one dollar bill in a wad of hundreds. Except Jordan wasn't a hundred. He was a thousand dollar bill. Nix had always known it, and now that others were recognizing it, she was only pulling him down by trying to piggyback to popularity. It was time she stopped being selfish. She had to let Jordan go. The suffocating feeling gave way to a cloud of gloomy resolve, and Nix trudged down the grass to the police car. Jordan didn't stir when Nix opened the door and slid into the hard plastic seat next to him. 
She left the door open. There didn't appear to be any inside door handles, and Nix had no desire to be trapped in a vehicle again. It's not like I left Amy alone, Jordan finally said. He always treats me like a criminal. Maybe if he'd ever let me do anything, I wouldn't have to sneak off. Nix wanted to say something wise and comforting, but as her instincts were generally useless in that category, she sat and nodded sagely. Jordan pounded the bulletproof plastic that separated them from the front seat. He knew how much I wanted to go to this, but of course I can't go anywhere because I'm the full-time babysitter. Ever since Mom died, it's like Amy's my personal responsibility. Jordan's voice cracked, and he fell silent. It won't be too long before Amy can take care of herself, Nix offered carefully. Yeah, by that time I'll practically be in college. Jordan looked at Nix for the first time. It's not like I hate Amy, but it would be a lot easier if once in a while Dad actually said thanks for watching her, or good job on anything. He does seem a lot more serious with you than anyone else, Nix said. You couldn't remember Sergeant Frost ever losing his patience with Amy. He's always been like that, Jordan said with an edge to his voice. I'm the son of a police officer, so I'd better act like it. Mom used to talk him down when he flipped out at me. Occasionally, she could even get him to apologize. But now that we're on our own... He turned quickly to the window, his jaw clenched, and he mumbled. Sometimes I forget what her voice sounds like. Nix welcomed the familiar gut-wrenching anxiety she typically felt while spying at the cemetery. But this anguish was ten times more potent. This was Jordan. She'd never seen him so vulnerable. Even three years ago, while his mother was in a coma and there was no real chance of survival, Jordan had done all his mourning in private. I'm sure she misses you too, Nix whispered. No, Jordan said in a soft voice. She doesn't. She's not missing anything right now. Nix frowned. What do you mean? Of course she- She's dead! His voice was hard and cold. She's not in a better place. She's not watching over me. That's garbage. People tell you so you'll quit crying. My mother is gone. Nix was speechless. He'd never heard Jordan talk like that. Nix wasn't sure about all the religious stuff either, but Jordan's certainty startled her. Was that why he'd poo-pooed the idea of a ghost in the mansion? So you don't think there's anything after all this? She made a vague motion to indicate the universe and everything in it. I know there's not. I found that out for myself. Apart from actually dying, Nix couldn't see how anyone could find out such information for themselves. But what good would it do to argue? It's not like it really mattered what happened after you died. Whether it was good or bad, it was coming, and there wasn't much anyone could do to avoid it. Nix almost wanted the man in the mirror to be a ghost. If she started seeing spirits everywhere, Jordan would have to admit his mom wasn't gone forever. That should make him feel better, or at least help him move on with his life. They sat for a while, listening to the sound of crickets. Then Nix noticed the blue towel in the front yard. Jordan, your bat! Jordan crawled out over Nix. Can't believe I forgot. Miraculously, the towel still contained a restless, irritable rodent. Jordan brought it into the car and examined its leathery limbs. Those teeth look sharp, Nick said. I wonder what they eat. Probably bugs. Jordan stroked its furry belly and got nipped. Hopefully it wasn't rabid. Nix yawned. You can get crickets at the pet store for cheap. We should name him, Jordan said. How about Bruce? Bruce? Bruce Wayne, get it? Nick shook her head. You'd think for someone named after an X-Men character, you'd at least know Batman's real name. It felt good to banter with Jordan again. But with that thought came the recollection of what she'd meant to do. Could she really cut him loose? 
Could she give up her best friend for his own good? A black Hummer pulled up behind the police cruiser, and Mrs. Padilla shot into the yard without turning off the engine. She sprinted up the walkway and disappeared into the house. Now Nix remembered why she needed to release her hold on Jordan. Tiago could be a real friend to him, one that could do sports with him, talk about girls, and insert him into the right social pipeline. In short, Tiago could be Jordan's key to an awesome life. But the only way it would work is if Nick stopped trying to tag along. Jordan, she began. I'm sorry I've been so dumb. He gave her a puzzled look. This was proving harder than she'd expected. I don't know how to say this without sounding completely pathetic, so you don't have to be my friend anymore. Huh? I mean, we can still say hi and stuff, but we don't have to hang out. Nix was talking faster now. It felt good to get it out. I won't follow you around anymore, and I don't want you to feel guilty or anything. What are you talking about? You and Tiago have so much in common. He's awesome. You're awesome. I don't want you to feel bad about being friends with him instead. Why can't I be friends with both of you? Come on, Jordan. Did you see me tonight? If you hang out with me any longer, you'll throw away your chance to be one of them. One of who? The popular kids. Duh. Who says I want to be popular? Ugh! Nick screamed. Sometimes you can be so difficult. I'm giving you a way out, Jordan. Just take it. Be best friends with Tiago. I'll be fine. Really. Jordan considered this for a moment. So, you don't want to be my best friend? It doesn't matter what I want. I'm not going to be selfish anymore. The bat squeaked irritably from under the towel. Nix felt sweat running down her hairline. Girls are so weird. Nix let out a frustrated groan and crawled out of the car. Nix! Hold on, Nix! She turned around. This was hard enough without you making fun of me. Nixie Dust, as popular as Tiago is, he's not my best friend. That position has already been filled. You don't have to spare my- I know I've been hanging out with Tiago a lot, but you're my best friend for a reason. What reason? You feel sorry for fat girls? No. Then what? I'm not telling you. That's because I already guessed it. No. I'm not telling you because this conversation already sounds too much like a soap opera. I'm getting crazy. Nix processed their entire conversation in reverse, and felt a tidal wave of relief. For some inexplicable reason, Jordan still wanted her as a best friend, and that alone made the tragedy of her life bearable. The feeling of camaraderie only lasted a few seconds before Sergeant Frost entered the car and brought with him a whole assortment of reality checks. At once, Nix remembered her angry mother, her smug ex-boss, and Sarah's creepy stalker. Jordan wasn't smiling anymore either. I called your mother, Sergeant Frost said. But before I take you home, I need a quick description of Caucasian male, Jordan said in a bored voice. About five and a half feet, medium build, dingy white pillowcase with two eye holes, long sleeve navy v-neck, black gloves, black velcro watch on the left wrist, dark blue jeans, slightly frayed on the bottoms, small black sneakers, size eight or nine. I'm sure Sarah showed you the footprint. Nix didn't say anything. What was the point? She thought the man had been dressed in all black. The imprint looks like a size nine. If he was wearing gloves, there's no sense dusting. Anything else? What was he hoping for? The guy's dental records? He smelled weird, Nix realized out loud. Like toilet bowl cleaner or something. Yeah, Jordan said. Kind of like burning plastic. Could be drugs, Sergeant Frost said. He finished his notes and set off down the hill at a reasonable, albeit nerve-wracking pace. Nix pulled her eyes from the wall of trees on both sides. Sergeant Frost? What's happening with Sarah? She got a hold of her dad. He's coming home early. 
For tonight, she's going to stay with her cousin. But you'll have someone watching her for a while, right? Nix asked. I mean, at least until they catch this guy? I don't think Sarah's in any danger, Sergeant Frost said. Looks like a brain-dead kid that got caught before you could steal anything of value. He wrecked her room and stole her diary. Doesn't that sound like a stalker or some kind of dangerous perv? Maybe, Sergeant Frost said, but he sounded like he was humoring her. So you're really not even going to have someone watch her house? Couldn't he see how much danger Sarah could be in? She was at home alone most of the time. Whoever this guy was, what would keep him from coming back to finish the job? I'll get a unit to swing by here a few times a week, but we really can't spare much more than that. What could they possibly be doing that was more important than keeping a 16-year-old girl from the clutches of an evil male Caucasian? What good would a few times a week do? He could kidnap her and be in South America before you noticed she was gone. Sarah's going to be fine, Sergeant Frost said, with less warmth this time, as long as she remembers to keep her doors locked. That shut Nix up. Maybe Sarah would be safe if she didn't have Nix sneaking through her house, leaving windows open. Nix had planned to confess her crime, but maybe it would be better to keep that particular cream pie in her pocket. It's not as if the knowledge would help anything. Pillowhead would find another way in if he's determined. Nix tried to enlist Jordan's support and Sarah's protection, but he was busy muffling the squeaking towel. He seemed as unconcerned as his father about Sarah. Was Nix the only one who thought it strange for a fully grown man to break into a teenager's house to wreck her room and steal her diary? It wasn't the actions of a normal burglar. It was creepy. What did the guy want? One thing was for sure. Sarah did need a protector, and since Nix was the only one who realized Sarah needed supervision, she'd simply have to do it herself. But how long would it take the police to catch the stalker? Nix would have to do everything in her power to help out with the investigation. As they sped down the hill, Nix barely noticed the amaxophobic knot in her stomach. She was too busy planning her next move and reveling in how good it felt to be back in the bodyguard business.